Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast, talking uncommon sense about how to start, grow and love your tutoring, teaching or coaching business. Now, today I want to revisit something we've touched on before, which is the subject of money and uh, how the way we think about it really impacts on whether we have any or not. So to begin with, I think it's a great idea to just consider what money really is. And it's an agreed upon system to store and transfer value as an alternative to barter in the way we exchange goods and services. It's designed for convenience and a sort of frictionless uh, conduct of transactions. But if you think that's a bad thing, just imagine what it'd be like if we were literally bartering everything, physical goods, messy, clumsy, slow and inconvenient. So money is really just a socially agreed upon illusion. And back of all that, there's the fact that there's no real money out there. It's all made up. It's called fiat currency. And fiat means so it is done. It's, it's created. So whether you're looking at the banknotes in your pocket or the, the numbers dancing on your banking app screen, all you're looking at are manifestations of a story that we've all agreed to that reflect a set of money rules. Now, that's a useful realisation in as much as everyone around you is playing the agreed upon money game. So the pound notes in your pocket function exactly like monopoly money within the day-to-day physical world, exactly the same way that monopoly money functions within the game of Monopoly. Now, they work within the game, but there's no use outside of the game. So it's all made up. And we really need to understand that. And realize that it's all a game. And as in any game, we gather more or less to us, or we score more goals or more points, if you like, according to how well or how badly we play the game and in turn, how much value we provide to our customers. Now, there are a lot of strange ideas about money out there. So let's just see if you have any of them. The first one that I absolutely love, and it's such a a clever manipulation of people, is that money is the root of all evil. How many religious organizations, how many churches, how many charities have guilt-tripped people with this. Money is the root of all evil. And of course, that's usually followed by the suggestion that you should let them have all your nasty, evil money and take that problem away from you. That's so clever. I wish I'd thought of that. The next one is, of course, that money doesn't buy happiness. And I guess we can all agree that it doesn't buy happiness directly because happiness is actually 
an internal state and it's not dependent on something outside of ourselves. Money doesn't buy happiness, but it's brought a lot more comfort and happiness than poverty ever has. Something I've heard several times from, from people close to me is that money isn't as important as love. This is an irrelevant comparison. It's an apples and oranges thing. Having more money doesn't mean that you can't have more love. Having less money doesn't mean that you can't have more love either. They're not dependent on one another and they are an irrelevant comparison. And one of my own personal favorites is the idea that money's scarce and it's hard to come by. You know, I grew up being told that money doesn't grow on trees. Uh, it's paper money. It grows on trees. There's lots of money out there. So how do we go about attracting money to us versus repelling it from us? And for me, the, the answer to this is actually the way you think about it. If you realize that money is essentially neutral, that having more money doesn't make you evil and being skint doesn't make you holy, you become less emotional about it. And you realize that money will only amplify who you are. If you're a good person, you can do more good if you've got more money. You can help more people. If you're a moron, you can do more and bigger moronic things because the money's a lever that allows you to become more of who you are. Now, above all else, money actually just gives you choice. It gives you the power to choose the place and the time and the people you're in contact with. It gives you control over your life. If you have no money and you have to work and trade your time for money in a desperate attempt to keep your head above water, you don't have a lot of control over your life. But if you have sufficient money that you can make those choices, your life will be more to your choosing. Now, one of the things you might want to do is help other people. Now, that's a very cool, a very noble aspiration. But you can't help people to the same extent if you're skint as if you've got plenty of money. What I've noticed is that philanthropy tends to be the end point for rich and successful people. So if you look at Warren Buffett, Bill Gates, and many, many other successful, wealthy people, they build fortunes and then give fortunes away. That's a really cool thing to be able to do. Now, above all else, Remember always that money is just feedback on how much value you're providing to your customers and to the marketplace. It's an indicator of how well you're playing the game. That's all it is. Now, since money is obviously just a game, you really better learn the rules. So get educated. If you read a book a month about money, over a year you've read 12 books, you're going to know more than someone who's never cracked open a book and then he's what you'll notice is that you'll begin to change your relationship with money. You'll be starting to become more wealthy. And, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine last week 
and she said that there never seems to be enough money. And she was pretty worried about it. A little bit later in the conversation, she said, well, of course, money doesn't make you happy. And for a moment, I just sort of did a double take. She's telling me that she's miserable and worried because she says there's never enough money. And then she tells me that the money wouldn't make her happy anyway. So she's fretting over something that she believes isn't going to change her situation in any way. Now, someone else I know who doesn't have a fat lot of money used to tell me that money's not as important as love. And that was her belief, that love was the highest of all things and that money was somehow ignoble or filthy lucre, as the phrase goes. And they're just not a straight comparison. And interestingly, the people who say that money doesn't matter or draw these irrelevant love-to-money comparisons, they're invariably broke. If they had any money, the chances are they'd soon figure out how to get rid of it because they'll always stay true to what they say about themselves and their money identities. Personally, I believe that the best way to help poor people is not to become one of them. Yet I know that the money won't automatically make me happy but it's got a better chance of making me and of making you happy than being broke does for us. So I've got a rule of thumb, and it's this. Wealthy people know that money's important and they value it more than poor people do. And remember that any time you don't value something, it'll tend to leave you and move to a place where it is valued. This is true of relationships and customers and money. So, Assess your current relationship with money. Grab yourself a cup of coffee, pen and paper, and write down all the things you really think about money. Develop a sort of benchmark for yourself and check your beliefs and results. If they're helpful beliefs, they'll generally provide you with positive results. And then check them against this. This is my top 10 money mastery tips. These have changed my life from living paycheck to paycheck, month to month, to becoming financially independent and having the freedom to choose how I spend my days. Number one, learn to love money, because if you don't love it, it won't stick around. Number two, cultivate a lifelong relationship with money. Always think long-term when you think about money, because saving and investing all compounding up over long periods of time will have a profound effect. Albert Einstein famously said that compounding is the eighth wonder of the world. And I'm inclined to agree with him based on my own personal experience. Number three, give money a safe home. Put it into safe investments and bank accounts that you never touch. Keep it safe. Every pound is a prisoner, as one of my mentors says. Number four, make it work for you. Every pound you have should be working 24-7 for you in whatever investment sector you choose. You can think of your financial landscape as being a money farm on which your job is to breed and grow more and more product. More, more money. Number five, there's loads of money out there. There are trillions and trillions of pounds in the British money system. 
There's definitely no shortage. Now, some of that money belongs to you. And since it's sort of raining money out there, you might as well put out a bucket or six and catch some of it. Number six, set money targets for yourself. Review them and revise them regularly, ratcheting them upward. Number seven, use your money to help other people as well as help yourself. Charitable giving and just being plain generous allow you to be comfortable with money leaving you. I think that's vitally important. Our purpose of being alive is to be of value and service to everyone else on the planet whilst maximizing our own abilities. So give money away. It's a bit like the, the tithing that's common in religions where you give away 10% of everything you earn. But personally, I don't think it's a good idea to give it away to religious institutions. Number eight, remember that money is your servant, not your master. If all you're doing is working to get more money, I think you're missing the whole point. Money is feedback on your results. It's there to serve you and it shouldn't be driving you. Which ties in nicely with number nine. Eliminate the money guilt by reminding yourself that you're being directly rewarded for being of value and service to other people. So always aim to be more valuable and to be of greater service every single day you can. And finally, the most important one of all, number 10. Be playful. Since money is an illusion that's being pushed around from place to place within the framework of a socially agreed game, then why not treat it as a game? Treat it as an adventure rather than something to crush and paralyze yourself with. Take it from me, guys. If you've ever struggled with money or the lack of it, like I have in the past, Rethinking your money beliefs and your relationship with money can be a real game changer. So please let me know how you get on and what you think, because I'm really curious about what you guys think. And I'm just about smart enough to realize that I don't have all the answers. I've just got a few answers that work for me and a, a whole heap of cock-ups and mistakes behind me. Do get in touch on info at neilcarmedo.com. Follow me on Twitter, where I am at Tudor Podcast. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, leave a review. Hit the subscribe button and you'll automatically get the latest updates as soon as they're live. And as we wrap up for today, I'd ask you to join me next time on the Tudor Podcast, where it's all about how to start, grow and love your tutoring business. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.